thank you everyone for uh, tuning in to Stay in Your Lane with Triple T Transport. Today's subject matter is going to be our stakeholders in your organization driving your short-term costs down, but really driving your long-term costs up. Today again, we've got Joe Lombardo, Eagy Avenue and Associates President, 20 years with Nestle, 10 years with Nabisco previous to that. Joe's done everything, private fleet, operations. He's seen every part from the control center uh, in his seat uh, with multiple different companies and uh, now doing consulting. So uh, uh, it's been a solid, uh, straightforward, honest uh, panelist for me and also a, a friend. So uh, welcome, Joe. Thank you, John. Thanks for that uh, nice introduction. You forgot to mention I'm a proud peacock, St. Peter's University. Well, yes, I did forget. <laughs> I, however, am a Buckeye. Okay. So, um, you know, I thought if I didn't mention the Buckeyes, then you wouldn't mention the okay. St. Peter's. I mean, do you anticipate, how much talent do they have coming back this year, Joe? Uh, actually, they're losing three people in the transfer portal, so. <laughs> well, there you and go. They lost their and they lost their coach, so I, it's going to be a lean year. Yeah, going to be a rebuilding year. So uh, today's subject, again, is uh, stakeholders, um, organization that we talked about last week on our podcast. Uh, I said we wanted to talk about it this week, and uh, you, you know, I asked you to be on it because I think you've got a lot of experience with this. So tell me how this goes, Joe. Uh, in your organization, someone from general ledger, accounting, someone that uh, you report to from the finance department, maybe schedules a meeting, mm -hmm. uh, sits down and says, you know, our costs went up so much last year. How how are you gonna how do you do it? How do we get that back? And then you strategize to try and negotiate to alleviate that or to lower that or lessen that or right. get the money back. How's that happen? Can you give me the yeah the, sure that side? Well, okay, John, absolutely. Uh, first thing to remember is, and in, in, in a large company like a Nestle, uh, where I've got most of my experience, I mean, you've got multiple stakeholders at any time. You know, you've got, like you said, finance. And again, in a company like Nestle, you have a logistics finance group, and they're responsible for the budget. You've got procurement people purchasing. They get involved. You've got the sales group. You've got customer service. You've got quality assurance people. Again, Nestle and other food companies, very important about quality, about cleanliness of trailers, uh, temperature, making sure there's no temperature issues. And you've got up the last stakeholder would be actually the distribution center or the plant that does the shipping. So these are these are the people you've got up different expectations and you've got to manage those uh, expectations for lack of a better word. When it comes to finance, we work in, con in concert with them on a budget. And they may come to us in the beginning at the in mid year and say, well, you know, we need. 5% reduction in our cost next year. We're not, we got we to gotta save margins. So let's, let's go after 5%. Well, it's October of this year. What's going to happen next year? We don't know. It's just, I said, okay, let me get out my magic eight ball, and I'll tell you what the rate should be. It gets, it gets very um, convoluted after a while. And multiple stakeholders, multiple needs, and sometimes those needs clash. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so it's not that simple where someone just comes to you and says, I, I need you to. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, we would go out and do market, market surveys. You know, we talk to carriers, we talk to brokers, we talk to industry analysts that follow publicly traded trucking companies. We'd go to all these sources, you know, in mid year or September 
of, of this year to okay what what is next year going to look like well again they're they're guessing too they're I mean, yeah, they've got some, maybe some better analytical tools than I do, but again, it's 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 a crapshoot sometimes. And again, what we've seen the last few years with the volatility makes it even a hell of a lot harder to uh, try to do a budget. And I'm sure every year for the last three years, I'm sure every shipper's budget has been blown and blown pretty significantly. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, you know, I've talked to shippers that that budgeted flat, you know, yep. continually would budget flat. Or if if you shared with them that, it, you know, I shared with many shippers last year, uh, if you're shipping a lot in or out of the Northeast, uh, anticipate a 25%, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's an astronomical number where three to five was a thing of the past, right? Yeah. So how do you go from five or 8% maybe in an extreme year to a 25 yeah. and, and we provided the 25 and you know, s some were, were understanding some shippers understood it. Some did not, some didn't want to hear it. Uh, so, you know, we, we took different approaches with all of them because we partner. Uh, and when we partner with you, uh, here at triple T, when we partner, uh, we look at it, we, you know, hey, we'll go for a ride for a while, but if, if, it, if it's not very comfortable for us, then we're going to sit down and have to re you know, renegotiate and discuss it. So sure. I, I think that's where the 90-day the review came into play for everyone rather than the long-term pricing structure because I don't think anybody could be successful with a, uh, being hamstringed at that level. No, I mean at that point in time, with with the uh, freight rates that are have been going on in the past uh, twelve months that we've seen, uh, you, you couldn't um, you couldn't chest up with any of your carriers. You you wouldn't be partnering with them if you attempted it. All you do is run them off. Yeah, um, that's not a plan for success or a strategy. But uh, you know, to your point, how how do you be successful in that role? where you've got all these other factors that, you know, you're working through and, and trying to accommodate and collaborate with. One thing we tried to do, John, and we, I did this early in my career, we, we, we tried to educate people. I think uh, a lot of people have, a lot, it's probably gotten better the last couple of years because supply chain has been front and center since COVID. Everybody knows about supply chain issues. I mean, I don't know how many, uh, times it's appeared in the popular press, it's probably quadrupled or probably up 400% 2021, 2022 versus 2018, 2016. The mention of supply chain in the, in the popular press. So the thing we tried to do was educate people. These are the costs that a carrier has. These are some of the issues we have. If you keep on insisting on putting all your production in the Midwest, well, guess what? There's an imbalance. And uh, I got involved in this when we looked at site selection for new facilities. I always tell people, put the facility in New York City because I can get you lots of trucks there and we can ship them any place you want. But but everything else is expensive. Okay, well, you put it in, you put it in the Midwest, you're going to this challenge. So all the other food guys are there. So these are the things we, tr we tried to educate people. And I think if and, and, and as the years went by, they got better. I would actually bring in carriers have like a workshop where we talk about a day in the life of a drive 
or you bring in an intermodal carrier and say, okay, this is what happens with an intermodal ship. There's all these different touch points. That I think that helped after a while. But again, you have a lot of tearing over. You know, my, the example I like to use all the time is that you would get a, uh, you would get someone in the deployment group or a, or a, a planner, an inventory planner saying, this load's got to be there. I said, okay, we'll put a team on it. No, you can't put a team. I want a double team. So you get the people saying, okay, you need some perspective here. The other thing I used to tell people all the time was, and this is when we had a dog food business, pet food business, that I was responsible for. I said, listen, I know the shipment was late. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, it's dog food and nobody died. So let's move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm done off my soapbox. I'm off my soapbox. Well, again, and, and to, the, to the point you're making, so in educating the, the people that we're working with that maybe are an arm's length from it, that are stakeholders at some level. To your point, uh, you know, put a double team. Look, two drivers, the truck can run 20, 24 hours a day. Right. Okay? It doesn't matter if you put eight drivers in it. The only way it's going to get there faster is to put wings on it. Yeah. And fill it up with jet fuel. So, uh, you know, some education helps. But there there again, the... The statement you made that really drew my attention was uh, for the first 23 years, 24 years in this business, everything was dirt cheap off of the East Coast, New York, mm-hmm. New Jersey, et cetera. Uh, those days have gone. Mm-hmm. Now, freight out of the East pays every bit as much as freight to the East. The old head haul, back haul scenario, uh, those are only in certain special situations now. Because the okay. operating costs have gone so so sky high, uh, that that you really they're all head holes. Sure. And you know I, I hate it, but I think that that's inevitably where we're at in it as an industry right now. And the, the other the other thing that always frosted me was uh, again stakeholders. They have some they have some really. Uh, crazy perceptions and expectations. And a lot of that, I, a lot of that, I blame Amazon. I call it the Amazon impact because just because you can get your headphones delivered in two hours, doesn't mean I can deliver a truckload of evaporated milk in two hours. So I mean, people with all the, with all the e-commerce people have seen all these, which is great. I mean, you have same day delivery, next day delivery, two hour delivery, but I mean, let's let's put it in perspective where where it works, where it doesn't work. Well, and I to your to your point there, I think when you when you see it from the Amazons and the just in time and, you know, uh, order it and it's here in a day or two. Right. Uh, I think that network is established and built, whether there is full capacity in those trailers or not. It's more like the common carrier route. We're going to run this route every single day. And, you know, on days that the trailer's full. They're going to make out like a bandit on days when the trailer's half full. They're going to they're going to do okay. I mean, I think it's predicated on that. I think that infrastructure's there. But when you go to shippers that are are trying to keep costs down, you you know, food costs are astronomical. Every time you go to the grocery store, uh, I can remember when twenty five dollars a bag of groceries was twenty five dollars. Whatever, just about anything you jammed in the bag, it ended up at twenty five dollars. Now it went, you know, went to thirty, forty dollars. Now it's at seventy dollars. Yeah. If there's any weight to the bag, it has meat in it or anything of that nature. Look at pork. 
You know, you buy a ham. I know not everybody eats pork nowadays, but if you buy a ham, you know, you're looking at 60 bucks, $58 for a ham in the grocery store, a semi-boneless ham. So um, understanding how to navigate that stakeholder conversation is, is really what we're trying to focus on because educating them helps, I think. But at the end of the day, how many people are given a directive where you're going to, you know, you're going to be told to lower the budget. Right. And, and then yet they want to say they're a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. it's, it's a real balancing act, John. And uh, some stakeholders are better than others. I mean, some, you know, some you, uh, you know, they'll come in and say, we need to finance out, say we need 3% reduction. That's what I'm going to put in the budget. You need to get it. So, okay, well, I'll do my best. But again, what, what is that? What does that entail? Maybe I go with lower quality carriers to get that three percent reduction. Well, all you need is a few service failures, and that, that goes out the window. So, again, I, I think the education is key. And again, there's so much now in the popular press. You can you can really inundate people with what's going on. I think people have a better uh, appreciation for what goes on in the supply chain. Well, I think we've seen every time you turn on the news, supply chain's an issue for the Absolutely. past year, year and a half. And yep. I, th I think that that should bring everyone you know, to the table to sit down and work together, even though I don't know that it has. Yeah, well, I, I can always talk. I guess I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm hopeful. Oh, absolutely. Well, Joe, hey, uh, thank you for participating again, for sitting in today. Uh, next week, I'm going to be talking about uh, what, what on-time delivery means. So uh, if you'd like to participate in that one, uh, you know. I, I would, I would, because on-time delivery is, uh, you know, it's like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. My eye, my on-time as a shipper and your on-time as a broker might be 95 versus 90. Every one of those shipments is, it's got to be there on time. Absolutely. It's got to be, you know, cost isn't the issue, get it there on time. And then you answer to General Ledger, the stakeholder, and they say, hey, wait a minute. What happened here? Yeah. So definitely like to get into that with you on on-time delivery if you would uh, pencil me in for next week. All right. I'll do it, John. You have a good week. You too. Thanks, John.